from transforming the Nigerian infrastructure capital market and building confidence to unlock the domestic bond market at scale. As a result of the demonstration effect of, of the deals we supported, another energy company issued a 10 billion naira bond, uh, which had a seven-year tenor. To providing capacity building programs for local institutional investors. The capacity building program has implemented 17 training sessions for about 600 investors from 50 institutions. InfraCredit Nigeria is acting as a market champion for the development of the local debt capital market. The company mobilizes long-term investment from local institutional investors, financing infrastructure projects in Nigeria in local currency. You're listening to Blended Knowledge, a podcast from Garantco a private infrastructure development group company set up to help mobilize long-term local currency financing into domestic infrastructure in lower income countries across Africa and Asia. I'm your host, Marjolein van Kampen. In 2017, Garantco set up the Nigerian Infrastructure Credit Enhancement Facility, or InfraCredit, in partnership with the Nigeria Sovereign Investment Authority. In this episode, we explore the need for capacity building among Nigerian investors, the work that Garantco and InfraCredit have done in Nigeria so far, and successes achieved. But first, what challenges did Garantco find when looking at potential Nigerian transactions in 2009? And what did the company do to address those? Let's talk to Garantco CEO, Lisita Pereira. Last, welcome to the podcast. So when Garantco started looking at transactions in Nigeria in 2009, what did you notice? Thanks, Marlene. I think what we first noticed when we arrived in Nigeria was that there is a significant annual infrastructure funding gap of around $3 billion, which needed to be met. So we did a bit of mapping of the market, and what we found was actually that the local pension funds in Nigeria were sitting on around $20 billion of assets, but not investing any of that money in infrastructure. So clearly there was this funding gap of $3 billion and this asset base of $20 billion, which could help fill it. But the two weren't being brought together. And that we saw as being a massive opportunity. And two years later, Grantco did its first transaction. Could you please tell us a little bit more about this deal? Sure. So in 2011, Grantco supported a company called Tower Aluminium, a roofing manufacturer, to issue a corporate bond in Naira which was the equivalent of about 14.2 million US dollars at the time. And with Garanco's guarantee, we were able to get the rating of that corporate bond up to AAA, which essentially then made it equivalent in terms of risk to a sovereign bond, i.e. a bond issued by the Nigerian government. Then we basically went to the local pension funds and said, hey, we now have an infrastructure asset, this bond from Tower Aluminium, which is basically the same rating as a Nigerian sovereign, which is uh, what you've historically been comfortable putting your money into, would you invest in that? And the answer was, unfortunately, that none of the local pension funds actually invested in the Tower Aluminium bond. In the end, it was just the banks that came in. And so we asked ourselves the question, why was this? And again, we found out that what we the, the, the issue that the pension funds had was that they did not have any experience of investing in any bond that wasn't sovereign. So they didn't understand how to evaluate the risk of the Tower Aluminium bond 
of the infrastructure project that was being funded, of Garanko's guarantee. And so essentially, they had what we call a capacity gap to understand those risks. And it was for that reason, this capacity gap, that they did not come into the Tower Aluminium bond. So, and how did Garantco address this challenge? Well, the first thing we recognized was that not being an onshore entity, we needed to find partners in Nigeria to work with to try and solve this capacity gap challenge. And the first people we went to were the regulators, uh, the Nigerian Securities and Exchange Commission, which is the regulator of the local debt capital market, uh, PENCOM, which is the regulator of the pension funds. And we also uh, were introduced to the Nigerian Sovereign Investment Authority, the NSIA, which is the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Nigeria. So in partnership with these three government entities and with additional support from the Pitch Technical Assistance Fund, we were able to organize capacity building workshops for local investors, including pension funds, and that led to the development of what is today InfraCredit, uh, which we were able to build as a local market champion for the development of the local debt capital markets in Nigeria and to help mobilize more funding from institutional investors in Nigeria, like these local pension funds, into the infrastructure sector. Thank you so much, Lass. We are delighted to have Mr. Uche Oji, Managing Director and CEO of the Nigeria Sovereign Investment Authority, the NSIA, with us. Mr. Oji, thank you so much for joining and welcome. So why did the NSIA decide to invest in InfraCredit? The decision took a long time in coming. Uh, it was actually in 2014 that um, I, as CEO of the NSIA, approached my management and board with the objective of setting up a credit enhancement facility for infrastructure companies. And this came by way of demand that we were getting from various companies um, who said they wanted some sort of uh, credit enhancement or guarantees to help them assess the bond market. The NSIA, by its law, could not issue guarantees. But after a year of uh, legal processes, we came to the conclusion that the best way was to create a company that we can invest and then bring other investors in to provide the credit wrap or the guarantees. And that was the beginning of the journey of InfraCredit. And the NSIA then, um, through introduction, reached out to Garantco come and work with us to create this. And that is how it was uh, founded as a company. And then subsequently, of course, we have attracted other shareholders into the entity because at the very beginning, it was 100% owned on the equity side by the NSIA with Garantco providing the counter guarantee, um, but also the original capital to set up the, NS- the, the InfraCredit was a 50-50 split between NSIA and PAGE. And so in the course of doing that, we then brought in the current management to run it, and the name had gone through several evolutions as it became InfraCredit. So this was really coming out of demand from people on the NSIA to provide guarantees, which the NSIA could not, and which then led the NSIA to creating a company like this. And in what respect has the partnership with Garantco been helpful to establish InfraCredit? Oh, it's been everything, to be honest. Without Garantco, we will not be here. I mean, it's a true partnership in every sense of the word. Uh, Starting with the fact that the NSIA board didn't want to do it unless there was 
uh, enough evidence that Garanko was going to support the process. So the original scope of work, which was to even determine the buy side and the sell side of this transaction, is there enough supply of projects? Is there enough demand? Is there enough liquidity in the market by pension funds to support this? Was uh, all work led by Page, Garanko, and SIA. And this all dated back to 2015, was when we formally kicked off the work after a lot of preliminary discussions through 2014. So, yes, without Garanko, we'll not be here without question. I mean, we as NSIA do not understand the business. Uh, this is Garanko's business. And what was clear was Garanko's ability to provide local currency guarantee was limited by its own risk exposure to the country. And as a consequence, we needed to expand that. And that was really what came about the need to create an infocredit. And so all that work, the detailed work, was lent led largely by a team put together by Garanko, working with a team with NSIA. So when somebody says it was invested in 2017, I just wanted to make sure there was an understanding of the history, that there was a three-year period of work by both sides, uh, Garanko and NSIA, to come to the point of launching the company in 2017. And what changes have you seen since InfraCredit was established? What changes have I seen? Um, three things I'll probably speak to. One is um, it's catalyzed a whole new segment, and, and that is pension funds making investments in infrastructure bonds. Before the advent of infracredit, the idea of an infrastructure company issuing a bond was not, didn't really truly exist. And so the first thing was to catalyze the creation of this market. The second thing was um, InfraCredit bringing the costs of these um, credit instruments down because prior to now, infrastructure companies would borrow short-term from banks, which tended to be very expensive and didn't have the right tenor. So with InfraCredit's entrance into this business, we're able to lengthen the tenor of borrowings and the cost also uh, declined, which is really what we wanted to, uh, to see happen. We've also from then seen companies, as the market starts to develop, uh, now want to go it by themselves, right? So you've seen one or two companies, actually one, one company I, I remember, that's gone out there and raised a bond by itself uh, without the support of InfraCredit. Now, obviously, this is really um, for us the end game, um, is to make sure this market develops. And it's, it's, it's actually been wonderful to see this create an outlet for pension fund managers who have been looking for creative products that will allow them to play a role in the corporate bond market for infrastructure. So, so it's been um, the creation of a market, the catalyzation of a market that really wasn't there. Um, it is the reduction in the cost of infrastructure bond credits. And it's actually now getting the market to the point where it's beginning to, for lack of a better word, develop its sea legs to be able to be a little bit stable in its own, own, own rights. And I think these are the things that we see as successes of the of InfraCredit. But it's, it's really still the premier infrastructure bond credit company uh, in Nigeria. And the fact that you have uh, two, soon to be three first-class shareholders gives additional comfort and confidence to the marketplace. And finally, what do you believe are the challenges that still need to be addressed and how? A um, couple of things. First is the capital base of InfraCredit needs to grow. And we need to bring in more domestic local currency shareholders into InfraCredit to truly make it a domestic entity. Um, and I think 
having some of the pension funds and possibly insurance companies as shareholders would be a significant uh, success for us because we are somewhat limited by our capital base at the moment. The ideas are flying in fast and thick, but we need to increase the capital base of InfraCredit to enable it to underwrite more transactions. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is the current macroeconomic environment, uh, which is pushing rates down, which is great, by the way. Um, it's requiring a lot of uh, nimble adjustment by the management to react to, to the impact of that. Um, and I think that uh, the nimbleness of infracredit and reacting to the current environment um, and what may still prove to be a very interesting uh, interest rate environment where inflation is running higher than the real interest rates uh, in the country um, makes it a little bit um, awkward and difficult to manage. Um, so my sense is that um, these are tactical uh, macroeconomic issues that need to be dealt with, but to watch through the impact of that in terms of the quality of offerings that come to the market is just a typical management challenge, I think, uh, the infocredit needs to, needs to handle. And of course, maybe I'm sorry, the third thing um, is just the ease of doing business in Nigeria, which is improving, but still needs to go a long way to bring about the type of speed and uh, efficiency that one would expect in this, in this, in this company. So all in all, I would say so far so good for InfraCredit. The challenges are real, but the most important one for, uh, for myself as chairman, of course, is to work very hard with the management to make sure that we bring in additional capital into the business. I think that will enable us to do much more than we've done so far. But I'm really pleased with the way this business has been accepted, announced as a premier place for uh, infrastructure bond guarantees in Nigeria. And being copied across Africa is something that also makes us uh, a little bit proud, but I think more importantly, we need to fix the fact that we still have a relatively light capital base. I would now like to discuss InfraCredit's impact on the Nigerian bond market and its infrastructure financing. As of September 2020, InfraCredit's guarantees have enabled the growth of three energy infrastructure companies. Chinwa Azubika, CEO of InfraCredit, is here to tell us more. Chinua, welcome and thank you for joining us. Could you please tell us a little bit more about InfraCredit? Thank you, Merlin. Um, InfraCredit was set up by Granco and um, NSI in 2017, essentially to provide guarantees um, to credit enhanced bonds and build capacity of local investors. We're rated AAA um, by Augusto and GCR. And which transactions has InfraCredit closed so far? By February this year, uh, we had guaranteed three bonds since 2017. Um, Viathan, which was the first 10-year infrastructure bond in Nigeria. Viathan is a power developer, an upgrade power developer. We also supported Nutsal Power, uh, which is a hydropower plant on grid. Um, to, to issue the first 15-year infrastructure bond and, and green bond um, in Nigeria. And then Gel Utility, which issued um, a second 15-year bond, which was co-guaranteed by the USAID. I think as at the end of September early, we also just closed another transportation transaction, which is um, a 10-year bond issued by Transport Services Limited and the size about 12 billion naira. Um, so bringing the aggregate, um, you know, bonds issued to date to 43.5 um, billion in local currency investment. 
and what effect has InfraCredit's work had on the Nigerian bond market? One of the, the objectives of establishing InfraCredit was essentially to stimulate market appetites to invest in infrastructure. And as a result of the demonstration effect of, of the deals we supported, in, 20, in March 2020, another energy company, Axela, issued a 10 billion naira bond, uh, which had a seven-year tenor without any guarantee from InfraCredit. And, and the bond was um, subscribed by pension funds. The company is a private sector-led developer of natural gas distribution in Nigeria. And um, essentially, um, there was no third-party credit enhancement on that deal. It was 24% oversubscribed bringing the total proceeds, I believe, to about $11.5 billion. I mean, that's the amount that was subscribed for, for ten, um, that was indicated in trade, but $10 billion was was what was um, issued. Axela, I understand, has a triple B plus long-term rating by GCR and Augusto. So the, the success of the Axela demonstrates the impact InfraCredit is seeking to achieve, which is building confidence with local investors and setting examples for infrastructure deals that the market can invest in. And finally, in addition to InfraCredit's partnership with GarantCal and Pitch Technical Assistance, you have recently started working with InfraCal Africa, another pitch company. Could you please tell us a little bit more about this cooperation? Yes. Um, now that we've built this pipeline of um, projects, you know, we've, we're evolving. Um, InfraCredit has stimulated a lot of market appetite um, and has built a strong pipeline of, of transactions. And we require sufficient capital to continue to support our guarantee issuing capacity. And so that needed you know, additional equity injection, which is also very scarce given current market conditions. And so we've been introduced um, to another pitch company, Infraco Africa, which is looking now subsequently to invest to become a shareholder and support our continued growth. This, you know, would also, you know, include us committing to transactions that support, you know, climate, you know, resilient and low carbon infrastructure in line with um, the Paris Agreement. And so we expect to see um, a positive impact in the developmental role InfraCredit will be playing in the market. Thank you, Chinwa. We also have Enya Lalabu, the Development Impact Officer of InfraCredit with us. Eniola, welcome. Les earlier mentioned the capacity building program that InfraCredit organized in partnership with Pitch Technical Assistance. Could you please tell us a little bit more about this program and the impacts that it has created? Thank you, Mayalin. So um, the capacity building program provides trainings, roundtables, and co-due diligence exercises to its stakeholders, including investors and regulators. This co-due diligence exercises particularly have been held for the Fiat and Not-South Power, Geo Utility Limited and Transport Services Limited transactions, respectively. So under the capacity building program, investors are guided through the investment process to help them understand how best to evaluate the credit risk of investee companies in the infrastructure sector which actually is a new asset class for many Nigerian institutional investors. And so far, um, the Capacity Building Program has implemented 17 training sessions for about 600 investors from 50 institutions. And it's very interesting to note that these investors who have benefited from the program have repeatedly confirmed that 
it has improved their ability to appraise the credit risk of infrastructure assets, which subsequently has informed their decision to invest in Infracredit's guaranteed bonds. Thank you, Ainiola. I would now like to introduce Wala Ogunvimboye, Head of Investment Research at Sigma Pensions in Nigeria, to discuss the impact that he has seen since Infracredit was established in 2017. Wala, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. How has Infracredit changed your way of working, particularly in terms of risk-taking over the past years? So Infracredit has done that via two major means. One, it has enabled us to diversify our investment universe. So historically, Nigerian pension funds ourselves and the rest of the industry concentrated their investments in risk-free government securities and a very tiny bit of equities. However, because uh, and that's historically because we just weren't aware of, as last said earlier, about how to evaluate or handle infrastructure projects and risk around these projects. But because we, we, we infracredit coming online, we can there's a process by which we can go through the means of assessing the credit. We have code diligence sessions where we go through with them, and they they pretty much brought us up to speed on how to evaluate infrastructure projects as different from your normal corporate credits that, that we're historically used to. So what they've done is they provide a, a diversification of, of, of our investment universe. So now we now have infrastructure bonds as an option for us. The second major benefit I would say from Infracredit in terms of working with them has been they've enabled us to go to a segment of the yield curve that historically was just dominated by the government or was essentially just restricted to the government. And that's because most Nigerian corporates historically couldn't issue beyond the five-year segment of the yield curve. Maybe occasionally banks could do seven years, but for the infracredit, we can do 10 years instrument. We can take 10 years risk with Nigerian corporates dedicated to infrastructure. Historically, most PFAs would have been very shy about going that, that long with, with a non-sovereign entity. However, with, with infracredit, we can go much longer tenors than, than normal, 10 years, 15 years, uh, with non-sovereigns in, in the full awareness that we have one better understanding of the risks involved in that or what could go wrong go wrong with that and generally just more better appreciation of, 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 of the return as well can balance things much better. And how helpful have the capacity building programs been for Sigma pensions? Oh they've been very illuminating I would say so I would say historically we just tended to always focus on normal financial risk associated with a project. So you evaluate projects from or bonds from just credit risk, the key issues with credit. But with the set training sessions that we, we, we went through in InfraCredit, especially the core due diligence sessions, it provided a much more broader spectrum of evaluating risks. So you're not just looking at financial risk, you're looking at environmental due diligence, governance frameworks, legal and regulatory issues that could up further down the road. So it provides a, they generally provide a very well-rounded view of evaluating infrastructure projects. And I would say the knowledge of that means that even if it's not just a bond, we, we also have other types of infrastructure finance, finance instruments that, that are coming up. We can also evaluate that because we have an understanding from looking at infrastructure bonds, how we can look at infrastructure projects holistically, not just the finance, the financial aspect. So we now know what, what kind of questions to ask. What, what what are the key issues or the big uh, the big items that you would want to check off your list in in, in evaluating infrastructure projects? So generally, I would say 
prior to now, across the industry, if, if, if you look at it, most people generally would just have skill sets dominated by just corporate credit analysis. But now you can, to a large extent, say we can get our hands dirty with infrastructure projects and pretty much know how to navigate our way around it. And finally, how do you believe InfraCredit has contributed to evolve the infrastructure bond market in Nigeria? So I think uh, one big benefit we've seen in terms of the infrastructure bond market is that it's allowed non-sovereign issuers be able to access that market. So historically, the Nigerian infrastructure bond market, or in fact, the Nigerian bond market as a whole, was dominated by the sovereign, risk-free federal government bonds. However, with InfraCredit coming online, you now see there's an avenue for non-sovereign issuers playing a long, long end of the yield curve, issuing a, a, a complex asset like infrastructure, now knowing that, look, you have a local currency market, local currency investor base that can provide financing for these projects if you're, if you're able to structure yourself in a manner that makes it investable. So I think the biggest trade has been that InfraCare has allowed a diversification of issuers. So you now have non-sovereign issuers, not just looking for uh, normal corporate finance uh, uh, instruments or financing. Complicated instruments like infrastructure are now an option in the bond market. Secondly, has uh, also been in terms of they provide a proof of concept, I would say, that infrastructure projects can be done in Nigeria without having to use USD or dollar financing. So if you're willing to, to finance an infrastructure project in Nigeria, I think they need to show that, yes, you can do it. There's available financing for it. And maybe, yes, you pay. You, 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 over time, what we've seen is that spreads have, have narrowed. So that has helped at least show issuers that, look, if things work out right, if you have an infrastructure wrap around it, you can get better financing. Mostly, however, I would say historically, the market is dominated by, by brownfield issuers. I think going forward, what I see or what I see in terms of, of evolution is that the market will evolve to include increasingly greenfield issuers of greenfield infrastructure projects, pension funds will be able to, to tap into that. I think, I think with InfraCredit as, as a partner, I think that's something that we, we will be willing to, to go down, down with because currently, well, I don't know if everybody's aware, Nigeria is going through a low interest rate environment. So the options, the investment options for, for pension funds are quite narrow. However, we think uh, with a, the market for infrastructure is really the supply of greenfield instruments. We think brownfields, not very much, but on the greenfield side, we think there's more room for that. And we think having a partner like InfraCredit going along this process sort of helps you navigate, navigate that space very well. And one final question for Lesita Pereira, CEO of Garantco. Lass, in your views, how has InfraCredit been transformational to the local bond market in Nigeria? So Marlene, InfraCredit has been transformational in a couple of ways. Well, firstly, and most obviously, it has succeeded in mobilizing local pension funds into investing in uh, infrastructure in Nigeria. So helping mobilize that $20 billion of capital sitting on shore in Nigeria towards filling part of that $3 billion annual infrastructure gap that we talked about earlier. So that's that's been a massive transformational achievement for InfraCredit Nigeria and Garanko and Pidge are very glad to be part of that success. InfraCredit has also proven to be quite a successful model of Firstly, international development capital and local capital partnering. And we have, for every dollar of public sector capital that 
is that has been invested in uh, in Garanco. Through our investment in InfraCredit Nigeria, we are able to leverage that and deliver $22.5 of capital mobilization in Nigeria uh, through the way that Garanco is set up and through the way InfraCredit is Nigeria is set up. So if you think about it, for every dollar, we're moving $22.5 in Nigeria. On that scale, then guarantees can be truly transformational in local capital markets as InfraCredit Nigeria has proven. So what we are very excited about, given the success of InfraCredit Nigeria in transforming its market, is replicating that success in other countries by working with Page to build further versions of InfraCredit in those countries to act as market champions and to drive capital market transformation just in the way that InfraCredit Nigeria has done. So um, that is how I see the two key ways that InfraCredit Nigeria has been transformational. Thank you, Lass. Through the contingent capital that Garantco has provided to InfraCredit Nigeria, public sector donor capital has mobilized significant private sector investments in the country. InfraCredit is proving the transformational effect of guarantees in providing the scale that lower income countries need to bridge the infrastructure financing gap through local investors. Thank you for listening to the InfraCredit Nigeria episode of Garantco's Blended Knowledge podcast series. If you would like to find out more about our approach and vision, please visit garantco.com.